Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name's Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher, yoga student, and a yoga business coach. And I'm here to support you to share your yoga with the people in your community who really need it. So if you're an amazing yoga teacher, but you sometimes struggle with the business part of what it is that you do, you're in the right place. I hope you thoroughly enjoy everything I've got in store for you. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, reach out to me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Hey everyone, it's Amy McDonald here. Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Weekly Call. I hope you're all doing great. I've got a little bit of a slightly different format for you all today because I've had a bunch of questions from people and I thought, you know what, we haven't done one of those Q&A calls. We used to do those every month, like throw it open and answer all of your questions. And I thought, dang it, I think we need to do that again because I've got a bunch of stuff from people and I'm going to put it all together and hope that it's useful. Hey, before I do that, did you notice that things are a little bit nicer, smoother, a bit more profesh at the start of the Abundant Yoga Teacher podcast? How as nice as that? Yes, uh, Amy has had a real person, not just herself, in her pajamas making uh, the intro to my podcast. And guess what? There's another one coming at the end. Hold on to your hats, equally professional. So a special shout out to my friend and colleague, Jared Pickford, who did those for me. You can find out all about uh, Jared and his podcasting services at cleverpodcasting.com. He's a production manager over there and he also has a couple of his own podcasts. So noodle around, uh, look him up on Instagram and on Apple Podcasts and enjoy what he has to offer. Thanks, Jared. Awesome. Super smart, super fun guy. Lucky me brand new, shiny. So that's a little bit of uh, next level happening here. I'm quite excited about it. Nice. So let's move on and talk about a couple of things that you've all sent in to me over the week that uh, I want to um, support you with. So starting with, I want to talk about uh, this week I had, I finished up two of my private clients. They finished up their six month uh, private business coaching packages with me. That program is called Grow, Serve and Shine and essentially it's you and me for six months doing what it is that you want done in your business. And this week I uh, had two clients, uh, Michelle and Greg, finish their six-month journey with me. And these two, uh, they both teach in Toowoomba and actually they're like, what do you call it, domestic partners? Yeah, they're partners. Um, And they have different yoga businesses and they both signed up slightly different times and they've both been my clients uh, for the past six months and they have very different businesses. And it's just fortuitously happened that they finished within days of each other their package. And I just wanted to uh, reflect a little bit on what their experience was like and what they shared with me was the most significant change that they made in their business over time. And this is going to segue into something that I've been working with Julie and Katie on in the growing your ooh, growing your yoga business program, and that is making the transition from ongoing marketing and ongoing enrollment sort of uh, class pass enrollment system to having long block bookings, or as we refer to, refer to them in Australia, school term based bookings, where people make a a, a, a commitment, a date specific commitment, and I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of those and. Um, Base that on what I heard from Michelle and Greg. So when you have been working with me for six months at the start of that journey, we set some very clear intentions. You fill out a comprehensive uh, intake form 
And that sets the scene for what we're going to work on for six months. And um, really, I think neither of them will mind me saying that that um, both Michelle and Greg were sort of they, they had a little bit of a business going, but low, low numbers, undercharging, no social media presence, minimal website presence, uh, and were operating on this class to class to class to class, and doing a little bit of the "I hope someone comes along," you know. A, Three, four people in a class, not uncommon. And when I was talking with uh, Michelle this week, she said that, in fact, on the weekend she had 18 people in a class, up from four, which is obviously fantastic. She's just started a new term and she has a 95% retention rate. So that means 95% of the people who came for 10 weeks at a time last time have re-enrolled, which I think is Phenomenal. I mean, just think about your numbers and what it would mean for you if you had a 95% retention. Fantastic. And she also has an incredibly, uh, she's now um, created a really great methodology around using a come and try session or an intro class workshop, mini workshop, as a way to call in new people. And she was sharing with me that for the term that's about to commence, she ran two of those intro classes. Uh, the most recent one of the two, 16 brand new people came as a result of her Facebook advertising and 10 of those people converted into ongoing students and signed up for the term or are coming casually. So she's really um, built herself a fantastic uh, program there. And of the four classes that she teaches a week, she's generated revenue of $2,835, which is not bad. She does other things as well. She has casual opportunities, but she already knows that she's got that money in the bank and she's feeling great about it. Now, if we look at Greg's business, uh, he teaches at some gyms. He does some exciting corporate events. Uh, he just emailed me, in fact, uh, yesterday, I think, um, that he's, he's even got another gig lined up now to teach a whole bunch more people. He specializes in teaching yoga for men. His method is called Brickman Yoga. You can go find him on Instagram as well. Um, and he um, was was also talking about how he now knows that across the four classes a week that he teaches, they bring in about $250 a class a week, which gives him a baseline income of a grand a week. And then he can add on to that with uh, doing some more subs at the gym, doing the gym classes that he does have, taking in some more one-to-ones and doing these one-off or, or semi-regular corporate events. Uh, and he recently got paid $1,000 to teach two hours of yoga and take a drive to go teach it. So some really cool things like that as well. But for the most part, he knows that because of the uh, four classes that he's teaching as a freelancer, renting space, providing the props, teaching himself, that's $1,000 in the bank every week. And as I always say, it's not about the money that you make, um, but if you want to actually have a livelihood as a yoga teacher and you don't think it's possible, I'm sharing these case studies to prove you to prove to you that it is. I'm sure Greg would be the first one to tell you that when we started working together and he said, would it be possible to make 50 grand a year just teaching yoga? And I said, hells yeah, let's double it. Um, he didn't believe me. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that Greg has been the most dubious uh, the most dubious client I've ever had, which is one of the reasons that he's just been so fantastic to work with. And has got some really great results because he, like the Buddha says, you know, don't, don't take my word for it, try it out, see if it works. And, um, Greg's definitely taken that approach and it's paid off, uh, in, in, in a bunch of ways. And in fact, he said to me as we were finishing up on his last call, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially that if, if that if someone had said to him six months ago that he could make 
1500 bucks a week working 10 hours a week he would have told them you know to piss off but in fact that's the reality that he's gone and created for them for himself so the reason that i'm sharing these case studies michelle and greg is one i want to celebrate them because it's a truckload of work they've been doing you know the way that they have embraced social media they're not they're not social media people and now they're regularly posting videos and great photographs and useful content and lives across their social media platforms they were not remotely interested or comfortable in either of those things when we started. I really want to celebrate them. They have gone and done this for themselves. And as a result, the good people of Toowoomba get great yoga and great Nia classes with these two folks. The other reason I want to share it is because as a part of finishing up a six-month program with me, one of the things we do in our final session is actually some reflections, some svadhyaya, some contemplation about well, what were the highlights for you? What were what are the things that you're really proud of? What have you still got to refine? Where are opportunities to continue to continue to grow? Um, but you know, what are you really proud of? What made the biggest difference? And when I asked both Greg and Michelle, uh, what made the biggest difference to you? What do you think was the piece that actually, you know, all the all the all of the boring wanky corporate anecdotes coming out at your folks right now? <laughs> what turned the corner in your business? They both said it was transitioning to transitioning from ongoing enrollment, come whenever you like, by a five pack or a ten pack or a twenty pack or a monthly membership, into signing up for block bookings, taking term-based bookings. So signing up from this week to that week, from July to October or whatever, July to September, signing up for ten consecutive weeks and paying for them up front. And this is, they're not alone here. I know Sarah Powell's made this transition. Uh, she's um, heading up the Anusara movement in the UK by far. Uh, she has a, a studio uh, over there, does yoga teacher trainings. Look her up, Sarah Powell, on uh, Instagram. She's part of the Keep Growing Mastermind. I know back in the day, uh, Laura Collis made that change. She is the founder of Summer Studio and the Summer Yoga Teacher Training that I'll be collaborating with towards the end of the year. Got a thriving business in regional Australia and was terrified also when she made this transition. Sarah was terrified, Greg was terrified, Michelle was terrified, everybody's very scared of it. And yet all of these people would be probably the strongest advocates behind why it's a game changer to make this transition in your business. Now I'm not talking about if you have a few listening in and you're a yoga studio owner and you have quant you have volume of people through the door, this is not the thing for you. Um, but if you are a freelancer, if you rent space, or even if you have a home base or a small studio, this may be something really to consider. So I want to talk about why I recommend making the transition into block bookings. And I know that Katie and Julie are thinking about doing this in the in the GYYB program. I think they're going to be transition buddies to support each other through the change, which I totally <laughs> I really love that, ladies. I love that you're going to be doing that with each other. So here we go. Here are the differences that it will make to your life and your business if you decide to make this shift. So the first one is it is going to reduce the amount of marketing that you have to do. Think about it. If you are always available for new people, then that means you are always marketing. And if you've been following the podcast for any period of time, you know that always marketing is the fastest path to burnout fatigue. And I don't think I like yoga anymore. I want to go wait tables in the Caribbean, right? So um, it's going to get you out of relentless 
marketing. As Greg was saying to me on his conclusion call this week, he knows now that there's going to be like a good four or five weeks of hustle over as his term comes to an end, the school holidays, and then the first week of term, he knows that he's going to be going for it. Lots of lives, Facebook ads running, bunches of newsletters going out, um, lots of social media content, maybe an ad in the paper, posters around town. For those five weeks, he is on it. But when that period ends, he's done until the next intake round. He's not maintaining that level of activity throughout the whole year. So that's number one. You can start to streamline your marketing process and do it intensely and then take a break. Like take some Kapalabhati and then take some Ujjayi or Sahaja Pranayama, right? You can't do Kapalabhati for forever. I don't know. If some of you Kundalini Breath of Fire people might (laughs) disagree with me on that. But you've got to take a break, right? And the same is true here. Two, if you are uh, like... like, um, Katie, I don't think she'll mind me sharing. I hope not. She's got kids. She's got a husband. She likes them. She likes spending time with them. She likes like going away and doing things. In fact, her and I are going away and doing things next weekend with Carlos Palmeida. Can't wait. Hashtag yoga nerd. If you have, if you're always offering classes, then you're always offering classes. But if you teach blocks of classes, then you get to take some time off. I know when I was first started teaching, when I first moved to the country and booked a, booked a studio for a couple of hours a week, started running some classes, I didn't know anything about school holidays. I didn't have kids. I could care less when everybody thought it was time to go to Dreamworld. I was just teaching on, keeping on, teaching on. Um, and yet those weeks when everyone was on school holidays, it was crickets in my studio. Like no one would show up. And I'd be sitting there thinking, well, what am I doing here? I could have the week off as well since no one's here anyway and so while for me personally school holidays schmool holidays for my students most of them had kids and they weren't around and they were you know they weren't they weren't coming to yoga so it let me take a break if you don't have block bookings if you're teaching all the time you're teaching all the time and honey you need rest you need to just I don't know do what you do Ben and Jerry's on the sofa I don't care But sometimes you just need to take a holiday. Maybe you go to Vipassana. They're they're my two opposing forces. Did you like that? They're the options you get. Ben and Jerry's on the sofa or Vipassana. (laughs) Sukhastira Asana, I'm right there as an example for you. But my point is you need to take some time out, whatever it is. Just your body, like just whatever you do, whether you sloth around or you go out and I don't know, hike the Appalachian Trail. You need to take some time and that is definitely a benefit of having block bookings. Now, you don't need to sync them up with the school holidays by any means. That may work for you, it may not. But knowing that, okay, I'm going to teach for 12 weeks and then I'm going to have two weeks off or I'm going to teach for 10 weeks and then I'm taking a one-week break. It's just going to let you consolidate, reflect, rest, recharge and then relaunch. The third piece that I think is really beneficial is it gives you a sense of financial security. So, for example, um, I was talking to uh, one of my growing your uh, sorry keep growing mastermind uh, women this morning on her one to one call for the month, and she was she's in the UK, and it's just about time to um, she's just launched her autumn term which starts on the 12th of September so she's got oodles of time she's just kicked off the marketing for that now and already and she knows that across 
all the classes that she teaches across a week, there are 68 mats. Across all of her classes, there are 68 places where someone could roll out a mat and take some yoga on it. And so far, she's sold 21 of the 68 places. And so she knows that that's the gap she has to close between now and the 12th of September so that every place in every class has been paid for in advance. And once 12th of September hits, she knows, okay, this is the amount of money I've sold everything I have. So if you had a store, right, if you had, if you were selling yoga mats, you sold all the yoga mats, everything that you have to sell, your inventory, fully sold. So she doesn't have to do any more selling because she sold all of her inventory. And now she has this lump sum of profit that she can then budget across the span of her autumn term. So she knows how much money is in the bank, how much she's got to spend, how much she needs to save for her tax or new props or, or, or professional development or whatever else she's working on, new videos, Facebook advertising for next term. She has that lump sum and she's not week to week thinking, holy fudge, if no one shows up, I can't pay my rent. Because let's face it, being in that energy sucks. Like, sucks. If you've never been there, take it from me. It sucks. Any That type of um, financial uh, anxiety are so bad for your body, really. And it's, the, and it's the low level sneaky stuff that wakes you up in the night that you don't realize is waking you up in the night. It's bad news. So switching to block bookings where people pay upfront in advance gives you more financial security. So let me just reiterate the three main reasons why I think this is a great transition to make because these are sexy as hell. One, <laughs> you don't have to market like a crazy person all the time. Two, you get to go on holidays. Three, you know how much money you got and you aren't hustling to pay the rent every week. How nice is that? Good, right? So good. Now, the, people have questions like, okay, well, I'm going to have to transition to that. How do I, I've got people who have bought 10 or 20 class passes and I need to honor those. And how do I do that? And I want to make sure that it's fair and that the pricing makes sense. I promise you, while there may be um, some, there may be a bit of a peak in the administration and customer service during the transition phase, it is always, always going to be worth it in the end. And there is always a way to make things great for both you and your students. Now, it's true that some people simply will decide that the new regime is not for them. If we go back to my client I was talking about earlier, who's, who's launching her autumn term in the UK, apparently it's bloody 39 degrees there Celsius, loving it. I'm pretty sure there are lots of sunburnt, half-naked people running around the streets of London as I speak. But so say before the 12th of September, she's got 68 places to fill. And um, our intention is that she sells all of those. And so that means that you can't come casually because all of the places are full. Now, if she doesn't, we're not manifesting that, but say, for example, she doesn't fill all 68 places that means that she may have some casual places left and people can continue to come casually if they like. And they pay a premium for that privilege, right? That's why a casual class costs more because you are buying, as well as the class, you are buying flexibility. You are buying the right to be 
less committed. That's that's the that's the um, that's the benefit that you get, and so there is a price associated with that benefit. The reason that it costs less per class to sign up for the class for the group booking for the term booking is because um, people are committing and they, in fact, are they will commit because they perceive that it is cheaper than paying week to week at the casual rate. They know that it's better for them if they commit. They know that they will benefit from having external accountability, i.e. paying for something up front and then holding themselves accountable because if you've paid for it, you're more likely to go. Uh, And they know that the slight financial discount uh, compared to, you know, doing the math on paying the casual rate week to week for 10 weeks works out that if they have to miss a class or two because they've got a wedding or their kid is sick or something random happens that means this Tuesday night I'm no longer able to get to yoga, they're not actually suffering a financial loss because if they had have been paying as they went at the casual rate, they would have, you know, they're still out in front having made the financial commitment. So if you are thinking about making this transition, there is always a way to do it that is supportive to your students, that is encouraging, the language to use to make sure that people know that you're doing it for them and you're also doing it for yourself, how you phrase this, how you notify everybody so that, in fact, your students feel like they are helping to empower and support you by adopting the new intake system, um, which is a lot of what I worked on with Greg and Michelle and what I've talked about with Katie and Julie, so that they feel, you feel really good making this change. You get those incredible benefits that I talked about, those three core benefits, more time back, more holidays, more financial security, loving those things. And in fact, what it does for your cooler, for your sangha, is rather than having people coming and going all the time, And let's face it, if people are coming and going all the time, they are less committed. What it does is it compels people to commit and it fosters community because the same people are coming every week. And the value of community that people experience is part of what people are now getting from your classes that they wouldn't have been getting if it was random three or four people different each week dropping in because maybe they could fit it in between everything else that they've got going on in their lives. You start to feel like a family and that in itself is a big part of building your attention. If people feel included and a part of something, if people feel like they're on a journey with you because over 10 weeks you've taken them from headstand freakout to headstand mastery, they're much more likely to come back. And if you're interested in like Michelle has a 95% retention rate term on term, The term in itself is a massive part of what is going to enhance that retention rate. So that's a little bit of a chat about why I think it is really powerful if you are if you're a subcon if you're sorry if you are a freelancer or you have a small studio. Why I think that making that shift to term bookings or multiple week long week. Uh, block bookings is going to be radically beneficial for your business. And it came up this week because both Greg and Michelle, who have seriously developed their businesses with me over the past six months, both said independently of of each other that it was the thing that made the difference in in their businesses and also that Katie and Julie in our GYYB call this week also had questions on this topic. So I thought, huh, I suspect that this might be something that is of interest to everybody. So there you have it. Now, quickly, before I go any further, if you like the idea of uh, 
being a, my private client of, of joining the Grow Serve and Shine coaching program. So that's one-on-one coaching with me. It's just you and me. It's like private yoga. Uh, just you and me for a six-month journey. Um, like I said, the program is called uh, Grow, Serve and Shine. My birthday is next week and I'm having a sale for my birthday. And essentially what I'm going to do is do 40% off all of my uh, private coaching stuff. So that program, my 90-minute intensives and my Keep Growing Mastermind are all going to be 40% off. Um, for my birthday, I'm going to be going a blitz on it. It'll be everywhere talking about it, um, all over the show, emails and all the rest of it. Um, starting at the end of next week to celebrate my birthday, 40% off sale. Obviously, uh, I can't do a whole bunch of those cause I'm just one person. So this is the heads up. If you're interested in that and you want to learn more about it before I throw it open and say, Hey world, want 40% off, come get it. Um, those places will sell out. I've never done 40% off private coaching before, um, but we're going to see what happens. Interesting. It's my business. I can do what I like. If you want more information on that before I throw it open to the rest of the world, just uh, what's the best way? Probably the best way is to just DM me on Instagram and then I can just send you a voice note back. So I'm at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. But if you want to get old school, um, I just danced in my kitchen to How Will I Know by Whitney Houston. I can do old school. Uh, you've got to go check it out. Like seriously, you got to go check that video out. At the end, you know the saxophone solo? And if you don't know the saxophone solo, like your life has been incomplete. But if you you know the saxophone solo and that song, um, hey, look, how do I know that song so well? Because my best friend Emma had it on like vinyl single and I would go to her house after school and we would like dance. Like you want to see kickball change? Check me out. Anyway, at the end of that video, the dude's doing like a sax solo and he totally does this whole reverse warrior thing with a saxophone. There you have it. Do that. I dare someone to teach that. How will I know reverse warrior? Oh, where was I? What was I even talking about? God bless you for listening to this every week. Stacy Louise, how you doing? I think about you driving around listening to me. Loving your Facebook post, sister. Can we have chai sometime? need to hang out, go eat Indian again soon. Um, okay, so if you are interested in working with me, having me as your coach for six months, I'm doing a sale. I'm telling everyone about it next week. If you want to get in under the radar before I go nutso with it, DM me on Insta at Amy Yoga Biz Coach or get old school. There we go. We're back. <laughs> you can email me, amy at amymcdonald.com.au. Great. Next. Um, next up on the checking in with everybody and getting back to everybody. I wanted to send, actually, I'd love it if you would do this with me too. I wanted to send Audrey some love. Audrey did a video uh, about how she had set up this most gorgeous class. It was outside. It was warm weather. She had water for everybody. She had bunting. Like it was just gorgeous to this big circle of yoga mats and fucking no one showed up. So Audrey, uh, I want to tell you that, uh, you are not alone in this. I have done so many things where no one showed up. I mean, a lot of things I've done retreats, Audrey, where no one showed up. Amazing retreats. No one crickets. I've done classes. I've done workshops. I've been the woman who's sitting there and then so, this is worse. So one person shows up and then you're like, oh, fuck. Well, I could have been watching The Handmaid's Tale now. I'm, I'm losing money on the rent. I'm missing out on Elizabeth Moss. I love yoga, but dang, this is hard. So, Audrey, we get it. 
Um, I'm, I don't know if there would be one person that listens to this podcast who has uh, not had the good fortune of sitting through that lived experience. I just want to say that I think you're fabulous. I think it takes grace. Folks, what you don't know is this glass was, like I said, it's outdoors. Audrey's doing a live about how she's feeling a bit like, ah, because no one came. And and it's a hot day and everybody goes bonkers um, in the UK if it's a hot day. You're like, oh, my God, look at this. It's the sun. Um, and she's near a pub and there's all these people outside and the woman still has the courage to declare via her phone and all of us to say, I'm feeling a bit bummed because no one came to my thing. So, Audrey, I just think that you're the best and it takes guts to do a Facebook Live as a person who <laughs> doesn't do them, let alone in public, let alone talking about your yoga class that's empty while your yoga class is empty. Girl, if you're brave enough to do that, we got you. And that's never going to happen again. Let's all declare now. This is for anybody who has recently had the lived experience of putting on something where no one came, where the only person that po- that's, that commented on your Facebook post was your dad, you know, where or, or um, Susan, someone in my, another woman in my Keep Growing Mastermind was sharing with me on her call today, like where people her where people are starting to studios around her are starting to offer workshops with the same title as the stuff that she's creating. You know, anybody who is currently feels like they're being served a shit sandwich in their yoga business, you ain't good company. Sometimes that happens. I've done it. You know, just because someone's Instagram, they look happy all the time doesn't mean they're not, I don't know, eating Ben and Jerry's on the sofa doesn't mean that they're not. Here we go having a bit of Whitney Houston in the kitchen before they record a podcast because actually they're kind of like, oh, God, really? It happens to all of us. Audrey, you're a superstar. We got you. You're in good company. Everybody has something that goes tits up in their business. If we didn't know failure, we couldn't experience success. And we're on the up and up from this point forward. Next, I had a message from Joe in uh, Canada, where is it on the Instagram? And I have got back to Joe, but I thought, well, if she asked it, it's probably going to be interesting for other people as well. So Joe says, um, "Hello, you always tell us to DM you, so here I am. I'm an avid podcast listener and yoga teacher in. Okay, um, I am. Oh, so I'm sorry. She's not, she's in the states. I am in a transitional period of my one day weekend retreats to provide women with the tools they can use to bring self care into their everyday life. Bam! I started there, Joe. Loving it. I am curious about inviting other amazing teachers to be a part of these experiences, but I don't know how to go about it, especially when it comes to making sure that we are all compensated fairly. Because it's my retreat and I do most of the marketing, asset creation, copywriting, etc. Do I get a higher percentage? How do I make sure that the teachers will pull their weight when it comes to the deliverables they're responsible for? This is such a great question. And the reason I have, um, the reason that I really am a bit of a zealot for this topic is because I have been burnt before. Um, pretty much from every angle that you can fuck this up, I have done it. Uh, any way that you can be disappointed with yourself and others, too much, too little. I've done all of them. I've covered these off for you already. Uh, so <laughs> I would like to take this one for the team. I don't want you to have to do it. So first up, the one of the principles, and if you're in any of my programs, you'll know that I rag on about this all the time. One of the principles that I believe will liberate you, and I don't say that lightly, one of the things that will liberate you as a yoga business owner is assuming 
all of the responsibility for everything all of the time. I call it radical personal responsibility. We know that the only person we can change is ourselves. We know that the only person who can make us feel anything is ourselves. And when we really get that in business, it will liberate you because you will take full control of everything that you can take control of. And then anything else that someone else does for you or that benefits you in some way gets to be a bonus. One of the things that I notice with my clients and the people in my groups is that they tend to presume that their level of business acumen is about is normal, is about average. And as I was saying to a client this morning, this kind of um, this kind of like uh, midpoint average kind of level that we think, oh yeah, I'm, a, I'm you know, I know about uh, as much about yoga business as everyone else, or I'm, I'm, I believe it's sort of normal amount of my abundance consciousness, or I'm no better than anyone else on Instagram. You know, we're, we're kind of normal. I'm the average Joe whatever. The problem is that as we learn more, we drag what we think is normal along with us so that what's normal tracks with our own increasing skill set. So my client that I was talking to this morning, um, she was saying, why would people copy my stuff or why would they be doing what I'm doing? I'm just, you know, I'm just whatever. I'm just me. And yet we have been working together for a long time. She's graduated GYYB. She's been in my mastermind for a year now. She knows an absolute crap ton about business. She is a savvy yoga businesswoman. She ain't wearing no pencil skirt and pumps. She's still in the whatever, sweaty baddies, Lululemons, whatever. She's still a yogini. But in fact, she's not the same as the other yoginis in her town because she has put herself through some pretty rigorous training and adopted what she's learned and she's seeing she's, you know, seeing the fruits of that labor. So I think that if you are listening to this podcast, whether you've been a client of mine in the past or you currently are, or if you're just a, you know, bless you, regular podcast listener, chances are you know a bunch more about marketing, about sales, your attitude towards money is probably a lot healthier. You probably have a greater level of preparedness to get shit done. All of these things which bless us as an industry aren't uh, the norm. So when it comes to come back to Joe's question, how do you make sure that that it's even Stevens with a joint venture partner? You can't. If we take the perspective of personal, radical personal responsibility, there is no way that you can make sure that everybody pulls their weight. All you can do is, <laughs> sounds inappropriate, pull your own. Uh, and so, and do it. Oh gosh, wish I hadn't said that. Do it really, really well. Get great results. Stop it. If you're still thinking about linger, stop it. Pull it on. Pull it back on track. Think about Whitney Houston and saxophone warrior. Okay, there we are. We're back. We're back, folks. My point is, uh, you can't, you can't uh, make someone do something differently. You can't make someone suddenly be comfortable promoting. You can't heal someone's marketing or money story ambivalence. And you can't presume that they're going to change just because your project is great. They could be the best yoga teacher in the world and still have all sorts of hang-ups and limitations that you have resolved for yourself and now presume is normal. And it's not. So as I was saying to Joe in my feedback to her earlier in the week, the best situation is you hope 
that the person is as inspired and enthusiastic about marketing your event as you are. You enable them as much as you can by doing things like writing copy for their emails and sharing it with them, creating social media posts and sharing with them, um, inviting them to join you for an Instagram live, tagging them when you do a Facebook live, like give them the material to make it as easy as possible for them, but ultimately rely on yourself. Rely on yourself to get the results and, and let go of any resentment of, well, you know what? Of the 30 people that showed up, 29 of them are mine and one of them is yours and I'm going to feel grouchy about that. Let go of that. Have the open-heartedness and the generosity of spirit to be excited for the total number wherever they came from. They came from me. Only one person came from her. I got all of the people. He got none. If you get into that poverty consciousness thinking about who did what, it's just going to sour the experience. Have the open-heartedness of look what we did together and know that that's just how you roll. You have a preparedness to get in there and achieve, manifest the results that you want, that you have a calling to share your yoga with as many people as you can, the people who really need it. And that may be different to your joint venture partner, and that's okay. When you assume radical response, personal responsibility for what you're going to do, then you own the results that you get. Help someone else, but don't rely on someone else would be my, uh, would be my advice there. So thanks, Joe. Great question. And as always, if you have something that you're working on in your yoga business and you would like my feedback on it, like Joe says, if you DM me on Insta, I really will message you back. I promise. I love it. Um, so I'm at Amy Yoga Biz Coach if you're not there already. Uh, next, I had a question from Laura Collis. What, what? Laura Collis, founder of Summer Studio in Armadale, uh, where I will be teaching the history and philosophy of yoga portions of her yoga teacher training. Uh, starts this year, but runs for most of 2020 over long weekend modules. Uh, and if you want, you can come and just... Um, I mean, you should do the whole thing, but if you just want to nerd out with me for like Friday through Sunday, I'm going to be doing that twice, teaching um, about the Gita, Patanjali's Yoga Sutras and why they're in Ramesh, um, chakras, gunas, you know, modern postural yoga history, uh, old school yoga, big Y yoga history, how old it is and isn't, if it comes from the Vedas or not, nerdy, nerdy, nerd, nerd, what is bhakti yoga and why is it awesome? Um, you know, uh, Hindu politics and how that impacts yoga, all sorts of good things. Why Swami Vivekananda had a bee in his bonnet and what that, the ripples on those ponds. <laughs> if you're interested in any of that, hit me up, DM me on Instagram. Oh, or check out, search for Laura's uh, website, Summer Studio, and uh, find all the info there. Come hang out with us. It's going to be fun. So Laura wanted to know about how do you write a media release? Does anyone have a template for a media release or a press release? Here we go. Get ready. So a press release really is, um, it depends on who you're sending it to, but I'm going to go through a, a very basic one. Um, it's, it's making, it's making the, the, the job of a content editor or a journalist as easy as possible. You're essentially writing a very basic um, article that could be published, and it's a way of promoting something that it is that you're doing. So it would start at the top by saying press release, and then you would write a heading. Um, 
about what it is that you're doing, you need to be thinking in your in your press release about why would anyone reading the particular publication you're submitting to give a shit about what it is that you're talking about. It has to be locally or has to be relevant to the audience. So for example, if you're doing a local newspaper article, then what would be interesting to the local newspaper readership about your topic? How can you link those together? Um, or you know, is it a public interest piece? Is it an anniversary or a celebration piece? Is it like lost cat found in ceiling of summer studio? <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, is it the, the you know Laura, Laura's has had the most amazing Ganapati mural painted in her studio? Maybe it's like the launch of that and the, the fact that a street artist came and did it and it looks really cool and she's got an amazing time lapse of it. Go check it out on her Instagram summer studio. Um, you know, what is going to make it interesting and include that in the heading? Then for a media release, press release, your paragraphs are super short, one or two sentence max paragraphs, and you'll have a lot of them, maybe 10, 12, 14 paragraphs. And they'll probably alternate between content and then quote, content and then quote. Um, you may just quote yourself. You may have someone else that you quote as well. Maybe it's you and someone that you're co-teaching with. Maybe if you're a studio owner, it's you as the owner of the studio, and then maybe you quote a student, but you have direct quotes that people can use. And then at the bottom, so it might be like, um, uh, I don't know, here we go. Um, local studio owner Laura Collis has recently un unveiled a uh, new, um, uh, what would they say? They would say, but a new um, Ganesha mural in her studio in Armadale. That's the first sentence. And the second, the first paragraph, and the second paragraph would be a quote that would say, we were really looking to increase the vibrancy of our studio and make a statement about how cool yoga is. This is a really uncool way to say it, but you get my point. Close quote, says Collis, founder of Sama. Ever since I opened the space, I've wanted to do something that's really powerful and reminds people about, I don't know, how fun yoga can be. And I really feel like this is the thing we've been looking for. Close quote. Next paragraph, probably something about the artist. Next paragraph, probably a quote from the artist. Next paragraph, probably something about how long it took to paint. Final paragraph, no, one more paragraph about from Laura. Final paragraph, how you come to summer, who it's for, where you can go get more information. Then at the bottom of the press release, you say, for more information or to arrange a photo opportunity, contact Laura Collis, phone number, email, Instagram. And that's it. You send it off. You can include photos if you like, which is going to make it easier again. Or definitely if you're sending it to like a blog that's overseas, they're not going to send out a photographer to take a photo. If it's a local newspaper, they might. But if you include photos, it's going to make it easier for them. Um, whether So they don't have to come out to take a photo if they don't want to or they don't have time. So there you have it. There's a very quick and I know that was very quick and dirty, but there's a very quick and dirty media release uh, template. If you are... If you've written a media release, you want me to look at it. I used to do this for a living. I've done a lot of them. Um, there, don't forget there's always the Abundant Yoga Teacher Facebook group. If you're ever looking for feedback on that sort of stuff, just post it in there. Tag me. I'll take a look. There's a whole bunch of other people in my Facebook group who are really great at this stuff as well. So they can take a look at it for you as well. So um, you know, make sure you use that resource, folks. You're not in this alone. We got you. Uh Du, du, du. Who else? Joe, Laura, Audrey. I think I've covered off all of the questions that have come through this week. Uh, like I said, it's been a bit of a patchy podcast this week, but I just wanted to check in with everybody, say hello, and um, and answer some of your questions. You know, I really, it is really just me, right? <laughs> it's me. So if you message me, 
it's me. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just us. You're me doing this yoga business thing. Um, and I want to help. It's my dharma. So, so you know, you're not too small or doing something that's silly or you don't know enough or never going to buy from me. I don't care. Um, if you have questions, you need support. This is what I'm here for. I got time. You know, save me from Ben and Jerry's and Whitney Houston. <laughs> no, I'm going to do that anyway. <laughs> uh, thanks again to the fabulous Jared Pickford for making me some profesh sounding beginnings and endings. I still get to do the unprofesh bit in the middle. Jared had nothing to do with this section. I want to make that very clear. But what you're about to hear, he was all over it. And I'm super grateful uh, to him, like I said. Check him out if you are looking to start a podcast or if you've got one that sounds a bit meh. He's your man, cleverpodcasting.com, or just search for him, Jared Pickford, on the gram. He's got a couple of accounts, does all sorts of very cool things. He's also, like, really handsome, and that goes in the pro column, right? Why not? You know, uh, I'm not adverse to aesthetics. That's all I got. Like I said, uh, in a week, I'm going to be announcing a 40% off private coaching sale if you want to get the jump on that because I am limiting the number of places that are available. Um, Send me an email. I'll send you information. That doesn't mean you have to commit or anything like that. I know what it's like to be commitment phobic, but if you want information, hit me up. Instagram is probably best at Amy Yoga Biz Coach or email me if you want to get your Whitney on, amy at amymcdonald.com.au. Take care, everybody. Can't wait to speak with you all again next week. So there you have it, folks, another edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Hey, favor to ask. If you found the content useful, I would be very grateful if you could support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating. And if you've got a moment, a review would be super cool. No pressure, of course. Like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions for podcast topics in the future, I would love to be in service. DM me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Take deep care.